be able to do what needed to be done because this was my second life. I spent the years up to that time, and I was about 35 or 36 at that point in academia and teaching and things like that. But uh, I uh, was hired full-time in uh, about between 85 and 86 to be the producer for the Bob Quessel show. And anybody who was around then remembers the famous Wrestle with Quessel, which was our first really show that was directed exclusively at being a talk show. The, the show that, that, that I would take over in 1986 that Bart Rittner had created in, in the late 60s and into the 70s was called The Open Line with Bart Rittner, the open line being the open telephone line where you could call and talk to Bart. And it's one of the oldest talk shows in the South. And I, in fact, was Mr. Rittner's producer when he was on in, in the, the daytime sometime. And it was uh, good because it was a good learning experience. He knew how to do that. And he... Uh, I could have a chance to learn from him. He ultimately, uh, I think, tired of doing the show every night and not to being able to do other things. And the station, WPTF, which was under different ownership then than it is now, it was under the ownership of the Durham Life Insurance Company, um, hired a woman named Barbara Heisler, who passed away just recently, within the last six months, I think, or last year. Uh, and uh, she was the host of the talk show, and I was... Uh, uh, often the producer of her show. And in fact, the first time I ever appeared on WPTF as a guest, I was a guest on her show as an authority on the American flag and how you are supposed to display it and those sorts of things. And when when uh, Barbara decided to go back uh, north to, uh, I think she was from Massachusetts, her family was there, uh, the show was kind of up in the air for a while, and Lowell Shoemaker, who had been uh, the uh, host of an afternoon show hosted it for a short while, and then uh, uh, it was open, and I applied for it, and uh, they finally told me that it could be the Tom Kearney show uh, on uh, just before Christmas in 1988, and the first show that I was going to have would be the day after Christmas. Uh, but it was at a point where I could not, uh, didn't have time to get a guest, and at that time it was a two-hour show. And uh, a certain percentage of the shows were supposed to be uh, have guests, and a certain percentage were supposed to be uh, the percentages were not very very strict. But the management uh, program director, and this, as I say, was uh, under the previous management of Durham Life, uh, a man named Charles Stegall, as a matter of fact, was the person who who helped me get hired and for. The job that I've had for the last 39 years, I am thankful to him. And he stayed with the station until Curtis Media bought it in 1991. In fact, I, uh, I in a way, was working toward uh, remaining uh, a member of uh, doing this program through August 1st of this year because it would be the August 1st would be the 30th anniversary of uh, the the acquisition of the station by Curtis Media, and it would have meant that I had worked for them for 30 years. But in any event, pretty close, pretty close. And uh, also another line in the sand, uh, um, knowing that it was time to retire, was uh, September 22nd, which is will be the 97th birthday of WPTF. But, but all things considered now is the time to retire. And that's why we're ruminating tonight on the things that have happened in the years that have passed. And uh, I had to get a guest for this 
December 28th. And what I did was have a show in which people called in. It was an open open phone show and uh, told what they did uh, for Christmas decorations and the particular uh, particulars of their family because sometimes people get married and the wife does it one way and the husband's family does it another way. And there's the first chance for a collision right there. And uh, do you really have to have the little marshmallows in the and the candy jams and that sort of thing. And do you put the star on the tree at the night before or on the morning of Christmas? Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. But after that, I've set about figuring out what kind of show that the show should be. By the way, I was at that time also doing a show on Sunday night, not unlike Our Best to You. I think it was called Night Song, uh, which was a love song, small C music, nice stuff, Nat King Cole and things like that. Uh, 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 I did that from 19, late 1986, I think, until 1990, I think, in September, uh, beginning at the end of September of 1990, uh, the uh, station basically abandoned really all music shows for, for the interest of talk shows, and that was the time that Rush Limbaugh had appeared in the daytime schedule. And that partly indicated to me uh, Rush was obviously king of the hill, That what I wanted to do was to try to find something that would be uh, worthy, that would not be the same thing. There were The, the station's schedule was dominated by, by talk shows, and so I wanted to have a talk show but not have it be political in orientation. The same thing that was on uh, in the daytime with Rush from 12 to 3, and uh, I forget who was on in the afternoon, but just, just to be different. And uh, that's why we ended up with with uh, programs on economics with Dr. Mike Walden on the weather. With uh, actually, I think Rod Gonski was the the weather guy. He was on last week. Uh, he he's been a part of my guest uh, stable for for that long, uh, and uh, others. And and we're going to run through as I hope I can thank them for because rather many of them became became guests who came in rotation, and in in between there would be guests who were one-offs, one-shot only, or maybe a guy who had a new book or uh, or some special claim to fame, and uh, we would mix them in with the regular guests and, and try to have an interesting uh, group of, of uh, entertaining guests along the way, and occasionally an open-line program. And also I decided to do uh, Friday Night Trivia, Trivial Pursuit was really popular about this time, and uh, we'll talk about about how that came about and who we need to thank for that right after we take this break on the Nostalgia Night of WPTF. We are uh, having a laid-back retire, retiring show, and uh, my point in tonight in tonight's Nostalgia program is to reflect back on the number of really good guests we've had over the last 32 and a half years and to thank them for, for showing up. And I was, when we went away for the break, talking about the decision, some of the decisions. We decided to, or I decided to do a show and uh, in the direction of, and, and I guess we is really appropriate because the program director wanted it to be a primarily a guest show with maybe an open night here and there where people could just, you know, uh, have an open phone. But in any event, I decided that we would uh, schedule trivia for Friday night. As I said, 
Trivial Pursuit was popular then, and uh, the subjects I chose for trivia were uh, were going to be movies because that's a universal experience. Almost everybody goes to the movies, knows about the movies, and it could not be a, you know a program of the trivia of higher math or anything like that because that just wouldn't work. And also the trivia of television. And an old friend of mine whose name was George Brody, a guy I had gone to high school with, who was extremely bright and paid a lot of attention to movies, was our movie trivia expert, and he continued to do that every other Friday night until about 2013 when he uh, was taken ill and ultimately passed away. And the other alternate nights in those days, and for, for the most part, were done by my brother, Stephen, and we talked about these uh, a couple of nights ago when he was on the program, and he did TV trivia. He had followed that, and and uh, oh, he and I had spent many, many good times uh, playing trivia against each other, and so he, he did that. And ultimately, when George died, uh, he Stephen took over that, too. And sometimes we did in between to, to add to the mix, uh, not just movie and television trivia, but uh, historical trivia, uh, science, and uh, usually about one Friday night a month we would do music trivia, and that's the program that if you've been a long-term listener where you, you we play a record and ask you to guess the name of it and call in and tell us what it is with with only hearing three or four seconds of the record. I, I call it Name That Song because there's already a program called Name That Tune. But anyway, we, we had a, a version of that. As a matter of fact, last Friday night, uh, and that was designed because we wanted to, to salute that, that kind of format. But that was going to be most Friday nights over the years would be taken up, and the nights during the week would be used to schedule programs that were entertaining and uh, educational, as I want to say. We had two hours every, every night, uh, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, from uh, 1988 until 1999, and then because of some change in, in programming, uh, network programming, uh, syndicated programming, our time was cut from two hours to one hour. And so since 1999, we've had one hour a night. At that time in 1999, the one hour began at uh, 10 o'clock. It was between 10 and 11. And believe it or not, uh, we, we had... Uh, guests who were willing to stay up that late, uh, uh, and uh, so we, we went to that, and, and sometime, oh, I think uh, in, in just a few years after that, we the, the choice was made to move it back to 9 o'clock, and we've been on from 9 to 10 since then, right up until tonight, uh, July 15th, 2021, uh, and, and to tomorrow evening, and so that's sort of how the organization of the program took place. I always believe that one something that people are interested in is the state of the economy. So we asked Dr. Mike Walden, who was a professor of economics at NC State and who had been recommended to me by my old friend Johnny Hood, who was the farm director of the station and, and occasionally had to have a farm economist on his program uh, to, to recruit Dr. Walden because Dr. Walden could explain it so that regular folks could understand it and that, in fact, has been the case. And he's the one that's probably been on the most with us because he's been here every month since 1989, and that works out to about 415 to 420 shows, if my math is right. So Dr. Mike Walden gets a bow from us and our thanks. Another person that uh, has been a frequent guest on our show, particularly over the last 10 or 12 years, and especially around uh, 
Christmas, uh, Valentine's Day, Easter, is Pam Beck, who is a, a, a journalist of things that have to do with the garden. And uh, she uh, has uh, provided us with uh, a lot of consideration of gardens in North Carolina and places that people may visit, and also the history of the plants that are associated with the holidays, like Christmas, like Easter, and like Valentine's Day. So Pam Beck has been a, a welcome person. And so this is what I'm going to be doing tonight, is, is running down these lists of names and occasionally taking room for a little bit more discussion. Rand Coble was the closest we had to recruiting somebody who dealt with politics. He was the executive director of the North Carolina, I think it was, uh, oh, I've written it down here, and I'll see if I can find it, North Carolina Center for Public Policy Research. I, I knew it at one time, but I wanted to make sure I got it right. And Rand was a, a regular guest the first Tuesday of every month uh, for about 16 years, from about uh, 1998 to about 2014 when he re retired and took up the writing of books. And uh, we hope that we will see his book in publication before too long. That's Rand Coble, uh, who was on with us uh, once a month. Uh, among the other people that uh, we had on were uh, Tim Taylor, uh, who is our computer guy, both personally and professionally. He's my computer guy. He started appearing uh, to talk about computers in the late 1990s. We had had a, a mechanic show where you call in and find out about repairing your cars, and we'd had uh, guests like Dean Bailey and uh, 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 other people who had been on the mechanic show that was on Saturday morning. Uh, and then uh, we, uh, uh, the, the show was discontinued, so I, I borrowed a couple of the mechanics, and they were on, on night, and uh, I think Dean appeared with us within the last month. Uh, he's the the uh, proprietor of King's Auto, and I'm proud to say that I can, as I say, both personally and professionally deal with him because he's the one who, who keeps our two cars going at the Kearney House. Um, and somebody who listened to that said, will you do that, that kind of show for people who have automobiles? And something that was coming on then was the computer, and that we need, why don't you have somebody who talks about computer problems? And I said to the guy, I don't know anything about computers. I can't help you with that. And he said, well, if you, if we can come on, you handle the radio stuff, and I'll handle the computer stuff. He stayed with us about a year, and then he went away. But it was working. So I looked out to find somebody to do computers, and Tim Taylor and lately his associate Steve Arnold have been our computer people, and they keep the computer at the house going. So a tip of the hat to, to Tim and Steve. And uh, we've already mentioned... Uh, George Brody, and I know John will be glad that I'm mentioning Gil Whitehurst, who called into our show one night to answer a trivia question about an automobile, and uh, he was interesting enough that we invited him to be our guest to talk about uh, old time, not old time, but but all automobiles, muscle cars, and things like that. He has not been on lately, but he always was an entertaining guest, and I frequently got... Uh, phone call saying, when is Gil Whitehurst going to be on again? And so Gil Whitehurst, uh, if he's listening, uh, and even, even if he isn't, deserves the tip of our hat. And we're to the point in this broadcast where we need to pause for the half-hour news on WPTF. Three, uh, WPTF. It's a Thursday night, and we are retiring. We're retiring.
retiring the Tom Kearney Show as of tomorrow night, a combination of things, as I said, one of which has to do with the fact that I don't get around. My mind is still sharp, but I don't get around as well as I used to, and combined with some other things, made this a good time to say, uh, to hang up uh, uh, the, the uh, whatever. I, it uh, It's interesting to me, I was watching a TV show recently, actually it was one of the Hallmark shows, and there was a lady on there who was uh, 34, and she was doing, the guy, the guy that was, was, was courting her said, you know, not many people get to do what they want to do. And she said, well, I did. I wanted to be a, an anim, animator at, when I was 17, and here I am, 34, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And I thought, well, when I was 10 years old, and this was about a week ago, when I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a radio person, and uh, here, 68 years later, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, so I, I feel I feel good about that. One of the things we're doing tonight is tips of the hat to people who have been uh, guests, regular guests particularly. We've had a lot of one-off guests who were, were excellent, some very well-known writers and things, uh, 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 people who had books that came out. And, and this, in fact, we were especially well-treated by the University of North Carolina Press and Gina Mahalik, who was the, the director of publicity, I think, or the press, there and Ali Shea were the two people that, if some book was coming out and it was UNC Press book, if you call, if I called them, they would arrange an interview with with the author. And we've had some some good interviews along that line recently, and indeed over the whole life of the program. Uh, Gina herself uh, retired on uh, on uh, January first, uh, and and I should tell you that Dr. Mike Walden uh, became professor emeritus on April first of this year. So it's sort of a thing these days as we go along. Another person I want to tip my hat to is a guy that wrote wrote me a letter when I was doing that uh, after about ten years of doing the, uh, the computer show with Tim Taylor and and later Steve Arnold, and said, "Well, you're doing doing the PCs, but how about doing something for uh, the Macs?" of the Apple computers, the Macintosh, and so on. And his name was Bob Chandler. And so we invited him, I think, about 2007 to come. And he's been on with us within the last three or four months and has always been a really good guest. I always enter. Most of these people are now my friends, and I I, I hope they always will be, and I enjoyed talking to most of them. And we've met enough over the years that uh, it wasn't boring for, I hope, the listeners, but at the same time, uh, we were able to... I was able to learn a lot, and I think our listeners were able to learn a lot. And, and Bob was a particularly good guest, I think. And as I say, he uh, he he have read us and said, you know, I'd like to be on if you're willing. He was a and a person for the local group that uh, promoted Macintosh and so on. So Bob Chandler, a tip of the hat to him. He's the proprietor of something called McVantage, and you can find that on your uh, the website on your on your internet. Uh, gentlemen, we. Uh, John and I always enjoy when he comes. John Sauter is our producer uh, that we started having on with us uh, seven or eight years ago, I think, maybe. It may have been ten. Uh, not really sure. Probably no more than that. And then I wish we had discovered earlier is a guy named Joe Newberry, who is a musician extraordinaire. And he came to us as a as a publicity person for the North Carolina Symphony. And since then, he has re- retired from that job and is... Uh, uh, but I think uh, he, he think he told me he he was a friend of uh, the man who did the Prairie Home Companion, Garrison Keeter, and 
Garrison encouraged him as he got older. If he was ever going to go out on the road, if he was going to take up music full time, now was the time to do it. And so he did. And uh, Joe was on with us, I guess, about a month, a month and a half ago. I've tried to get as many uh, of the people on my bucket list in over the last few uh, months. Uh, but uh, Joe Newberry. Uh, Margaret Marin, Joe, I mean, John, you remember Margaret Marin. Uh, I think uh, she used to come. Margaret was a mystery writer won just about every award you can you can get in that category. She lived in in a sort of somewhere between I never was quite sure, uh uh Wake and uh Johnston counties. New I I would say Willow Springs would be someplace. She passed away last year. Margaret was a wonderful lady and she had these award winning mysteries and uh, did something that brought me a great deal of pleasure. Uh, she usually wrote about one mystery a year like uh, uh, Agatha Christie did, and uh, usually they were topical. Something had happened. She went to the circus one year, and the, the topic was a murder that occurred at a circus and so on. But the year that Fran came by, which I think was 1995, uh, she wrote uh, a mystery that included a hurricane. And in the hurricane, in the part about the hurricane, the leading character, whose name was the Judge Knott, uh, was driving home in the storm, something that I did, and uh, she, uh, Margaret writes that she was listening to WPTF, and when she got home, for information about the storm, and when she got home, she listened to Larry Stogner, who was a well-known and well-liked uh, person on, on ABC 11 uh, in, the, in the TV market. No mention on the of the announcer that was on WPTF, and so when Margaret was on with us, I said, "Margaret, blank." I said, "Dang, that actually is not what I said." But uh, you you had a chance to put me in your book and immortalize me, and you didn't. And she kind of grinned. And uh, anyway, but when the paperback edition of the book came out about six months to a year later, it had been changed so that she had then that she was listening to Tom Carney on WPTF, and uh, that was worth its weight in gold, particularly when I took it home and showed it to my mother. She got a, a big kick out of it, and, and when my mother passed away in 2006, that was one of the books on her coffee table, and I've always kind of enjoyed it, too. Somebody did something nice for me. Margaret Marin, mystery writer. Uh, We have had a lot of people on who knew about history. And the director of the North Carolina Museum of History has been a special guest. The, the head man doesn't always have to come. There are other people who could come. But when I called up and Ken Howard, who is the director of the museum and has been for about 10 or 12 years now, offered to come, uh, I, I would gladly welcome him. He's from, I think he was born in near the place my wife is from, Dunn in Harnett County, and grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, he's the, the, still the director of the museum, and he's been a uh, an important guest. Well, another historian person uh, was on earlier this week, uh, the gentleman who's the director of the Museum History Museum of Raleigh, uh, Ernest Dollar, uh, is uh, a good guest to have on. He's a good talker, and he knows his stuff. And he's very enthusiastic about the history of the of the capital city. Uh, among the people having to do with the, the official establishment of the state, 
the director of state historic sites in the early days when we were on in the 1990s, a man named James McPherson, was a really good guest, and he and I had the best time talking about the 25 or so historic sites and describing them and recommending them to our listeners. I have always wanted to particularly show up North Carolina as a as a place. I, I like to say that I'm a professional North Carolinian. I learned how to be a professional whatever because one of my best friends is a professional Texan, and they know how to do it. And uh, and so uh, I was, uh, James actually went on a couple of remotes, uh, Carrie Lazy Days, I think one, one time we went to that, and he was he was scheduled to be on the program, and the program was a remote, so he didn't say, oh, well, I can't do that, Tom. He just went along with me and was a part of the program, and we both got sunburned. James McPherson. We've talked about Gina Mahalik. I got it right, Mahalik, uh, who was the director of the uh, publicity for uh, UNC Press, and also Ali Shea, who was one of her assistants. Uh, a guest that I had to look up uh, to make sure I got the right name, because I hadn't seen him in a long time, David Kirkman. One of the first guests that I invited to the show when I was the producer of the Bob Quessel show, because one of the jobs I had was to get Bob a guest, and that, and that that was one of the first guests on the Tom Kearney show, was somebody from the uh, state attorney general's office, the Office of Consumer Protection, those people who call you up and try to sell you stuff, and it isn't what you want it to be. And those people used to call my mother, and of course my mother was the sweetest person on earth, and she thought everybody was honest. And I had to finally tell her, no, 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 do not. You do not have to to listen to those people. You do not have to buy what they're selling. You can buy it if you want to, but you don't have to. And uh, consumer protection is something that we need. And so every time I've had an opportunity to do some radio shows, we would make consumer protection. We Radio can be a service. It can be helpful as a pipeline of things like the what they have to say at the Office of Consumer Protection. And David Kirkman was, was with us for two or three years, and he was one of the people who helped get the law passed along with, uh, I think Rand, Rand Coble may have been in on it, to, to protect elderly people from people misusing their funds. So, And he deserves a tip of the hat for that and for being a good guest on our show. David Kirkman. Uh, Lynn Green was uh, an excellent guest from uh, the Department of Consumer Protection also and uh, also wrote uh, a song that we played uh, that was our theme song for our state fair shows. And uh, we're going to have to remember to say tip of the hat to our state fair guest. I'm Tom Carney. Um, if you're wondering why these names are rolling off, uh, we're retiring after this week, and I wanted to, after 32 years, to tip my hat to people who had been especially good guests. Many of them had been on a rotation basis, mixed in with people who were one-off guests, and I, I found that to be a good format to use. And uh, the, the money guy would be on, the economist, once a month. Uh, we would have somebody from the weather service on once a month. We would have a mechanic on once a month and uh, mix it in with people who had written books or had do, done other outstanding things. One person that I particularly enjoyed over the years having on was Dr. Uh, Stephen Reynolds, who is a phys physicist. He was an astronomer. And uh, when they demoted uh, Pluto, I thought, we've got to get somebody that help, can help us understand this. 
and so we did, and then he became a frequent guest, a guy that had graduated from Berkeley who played the violin in the San Francisco Bay uh, Philharmonic and uh, who just recently retired from his job as a professor of physics at NC State, but a really enjoyable person to talk to. We've got more after this on WPTF. 50, almost 9.51. That means we have about six more minutes left in tonight's show. We may have to continue this tomorrow because these are the most important people, and that would be our last show, and, and, and reminisce about the, some of those good stories and some of the people who made good guests over the years, like Dr. Waldron, who came every month for 32 years, and... Uh, uh, Rand Coble, who came for 16 years, uh, has been somebody from the Weather Bureau here pretty steadily. And in fact, John Sauter, who's our producer during the break, made sure that I that I mentioned, and he was with us last night. Nick Petro, who has been just finished. Uh, this was last night was the 10th year that he finished, or he had been our connection to the National Weather Service. He's the meteorologist out there whose responsibility it is to make sure that the media and therefore the people of North Carolina understand what they are saying when they put out predictions. Uh, they discovered one time back in the 80s that that was not happening, that people didn't know the difference between a warning and uh, a watch and so on. But anyway, and Nick has been a great guest. Also before him, not directly before him, but long term, so much so that we have kept him. He's been a guest on our show since the early 90s, so that would be 25 years, is Rod Gonski, who is a meteorologist, but he works in private uh, industry rather than for the National Weather Service. He retired from there, oh, about 10 or 12 years ago. But he's a great teacher about uh, about uh, meteorology and, and things like that. And uh, so uh, uh, I want to thank some professors uh, starting in, in the year... 2009, uh, uh, the year which Abraham Lincoln would have been 200 years old had he lived. Uh, He was born on February 12th, uh, 1809. A gentleman who is a history professor at East Carolina University, Jerry Prokopovich, has been our regular guest. He is uh, an authority on uh, Abraham Lincoln, and I I mean that seriously. He used to work uh, for a museum that featured Lincoln, and uh, he was the Q&A man. If somebody had a question about about Lincoln, he was the one you asked. He has a book called Did Lincoln, Did Lincoln Own Slaves, which I can commend to you. Jerry Prokopovich, professor of history at East Carolina University, what is the guest that we're talking about? Uh, uh, from Meredith College every year on uh, April 23rd or thereabouts, we would invite Gary Walton, who was a uh, the, an English professor. I think maybe he was chairman of the English department. He was certainly uh, one of the dean, I believe, the dean of humanities. I, I've got that approximately right. He is he's professor emeritus now, so in effect he's retired. Uh, but he would come and talk about, for the last 10 years or so, uh, William Shakespeare, something that is a kind of a universal experience. And he's a, he's a Virginian who knows a lot about William Shakespeare. And so Gary Walton is who we're talking about there. Um, 
from the history department at NC State University, and we've only got a couple more minutes tonight. So we'll we'll come back with some more names tomorrow night and maybe finish up all the people we have to thank. David Sonderman, who is the chairman of the history department at NC State, has been our guest for about the last 10 labor days. He's, he's a labor historian, and uh, that's what he writes about and knows about. And he's uh, the kind of person that you would want to recommend as a good citizen because although he came from... I think Massachusetts, and he has his degree, I believe, is from Yale. But in any event, he's come to North Carolina and thrown himself into being a citizen of North Carolina. And uh, he's to be commended for that and for being a good guest on our show. David Zonderman, who is now the History uh, Department Chairman at NC State, uh, and another member of the History Department who was on a couple of times with us this year, talking about Charles Darwin, uh, on who he, he is an expert, William Kimmler. I know, John, you remember remember William. He also uh, uh, talked about uh, a scientist named Humboldt this year, but he is uh, assistant department chairman and uh, a part of the administration of the history department and a great teacher. And I've always learned a lot from him and enjoyed uh, a lot his visits. William Kimmler, K-I-M-L-E-R, are a couple of academics from NC State. I want to mention Stephen Green, who we have not had on in a while, but he was a professor of political science who helped us understand some of the elections in the early, like, 2010, 2015. We haven't done much with politics since then. And when the show came on uh, in the beginning, back in uh, 1989, our visiting political scientist was a man named Robin Dorff, who is... uh, served as a political science professor at State at the Army War College at the Kennesaw uh, State University in Georgia and is now the provost of Plymouth State University in the state of New Hampshire and one of our earliest guests. And he and I got to be on uh, C-SPAN one night uh, during the election of uh, 1990, the election between uh, Mr. Helms and Mr. Gant, Harvey Gant, uh, from Charlotte. We may talk about that a little bit at the beginning of the show tomorrow night, and I've got some other things to recommend to you and some other people to tip the hat to, so I hope you'll tune in for what will be uh, in the retirement, our last show tomorrow night, but we hope it will be a good one, and we hope you will join us following the 9 o'clock news.